What is your purpose here? <laughs> How many <What> of you? <laughs> How many of you Voyage of the Geek for another week, 14th of September, 2017. Joining me as always, Dan, I was going to call you Dan McGill, Tom Miller. <laughs> oh, let's, <laughs> let's mix it up, shall we? <laughs> Tom McGill, Dan Miller joining me as always. My name's Dave Scotland and every uh, other week we check out what's going on in uh, classic cult, sci-fi, fantasy, anything we can get our hands on and uh, review to within an inch of its life. Mm. Getting your hands on it is a anything you can get your hands on is quite pertinent for the <laughs> for this for this one. Yeah, yeah. And what Dan is alluding to is that tonight we're going to be having a look at an unreleased classic. If there is such a thing, I think this probably qualifies. It is a nineteen ninety four ninety four Roger Corman. Uh, a superhero action film <laughs> that never saw the light of day. Never. Uh, called The Fantastic Four. Mm. And a lot of people aren't aware that this thing even exists. And um, and Dan, why don't you why don't you tell us the conundrum that we are faced with uh, tonight in relation to the way we normally do a show? So what we've been doing lately is uh, talking about the narrative. And that has been the kind of spur for the conversation for everything. But uh, this time around, um, you know, there's that that saying: you don't bury the lead. the The narrative of the actual film is not the lead story here. The narrative of um, another film that's not the film that we're talking about <laughs> is actually the uh, yeah. the lead. So we've got the secret film. That can um, that hasn't been released, and then there's a uh, documentary. So, uh, what's the documentary called? Doomed. Doomed. Yes, I think I've got yes. an image of the uh, cover here, <clears throat> and I'll throw it up. Ah, the untold story <laughs> of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. That is excellent. That uh, that's, <laughs> that's bloody amazing. Actually, is that the actual? I believe that's the cover. It was probably done on the same budget as yeah. the movie. <laughs> I believe that's the cover for the uh, for the documentary. They did a crowd fund, crowdfunding. Yes, that, that's uh, how yeah, they right. financed it. I so. think I read somewhere that it was like a professor of filmology at MIT or something, <laughs> rather than actually put it together. It's um, it's available on YouTube, so you can watch Doomed on YouTube. Yep, you can also watch the original yep. on YouTube, and we'll put both of those links to both of those in the in the show notes. For the video, um, and on the site with the um, with the podcast, the MP3. I think with with a lot of um, well, there's some things in this world, like you know, stories from history, like the Epic of Gilgamesh. You don't read the Epic Epic of Gilgamesh. You go and read about the Epic. Yeah, yeah. Epic of Gilgamesh. And there's lots of things like that, and this definitely falls into one of the things. Um, so yeah, you sh- you should. 
I went and watched a whole bunch of um, other people's reviews. Mm. And I think clearly of the film or the documentary, the film of the film. Yes, and there's a there's sort of two camps. Yes, there's people who react to the film raw in its raw state, raw, and then there's people who then there's context. Yeah, people who understand yeah. what the film is and then react to that. And now we would be in the former. Yeah, if not for him, it's his <laughs> fault, <laughs> right? Because we all set out to to watch this film as a normal review. Yeah, yeah. we just thought oh, it'd be interesting, you know, mm. to to see a Roger Corman never released ex, um, f- uh, Marvel film, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, and so we did, and we watched the film, and then Tom found the documentary. He also mm. found an article, which mm. I think either. Spurred on the documentary. Or, spurred on. Yeah, the, yeah. A lot of the document is based on the the article, which was written just before the release of the 2005 Fantastic Four film that everybody has seen or knows, the one with Jessica Alba and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. before that, that that article came out talking about. Hey, actually, the 2005 film is not the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one five years, ten years earlier. Yeah. And I have to admit, I as soon as I saw the documentary. Um, the film all of a sudden had heart. It all, all of a sudden had something that mm. was not there when I watched the film. I was ready to tear it to pieces. Mm. And then I watched the documentary and I can't do that. And I think that's a fascinating thing. There's something going on there for me to be so heavily influenced by yeah. a making of to and change Dan, that, the way I feel that, about the film. Dan, you saw people reviewing the film on the internet. Is that the general thing that everybody rips it to shreds? Or are there people who actually genuinely... And that's where speak, I was coming from. good of it. There's a bunch of people who just react to the movie that they see before them and they're like, oh, this is a load of crap. This is the worst B-grade movie I've ever seen. And there's the people who sort of understand the bigger picture and the context around it. And... Um, yeah, and they but, have a different, a much more nuanced. But opinion. the bigger picture actually only developed after the film, after the film was made, right? So had mm-hmm. had the film be released, been released, this documentary wouldn't exist. Yes, the article would never exist. Yes, and it would just be the worst B grade movie ever released. Yeah. Well, we have to remember that later. Well, maybe we can go into that now. Oh, look, before we even go into that conversation, <laughs> we, we're we got to think about how we're going to approach this because there's probably lots of different different ways to approach this and lots of different discussions. Mm. I've got a little bit of stuff about the history and a little bit of stuff about um, film reviews. So maybe if I, I don't know, we start fairly randomly. If I just build on what you've just said, mm. I wanted to check out how the ratings for Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb compared for 1994 mm-hmm. versus 2005 version. Yeah. Because yeah. 2005, in my opinion, is a load of crap. Absolutely. And, uh, Didn't the, they make two of them? They made two uh, of them yep. and then they released another one two years ago and they just got from bad they to worse. They rebooted two, two years yeah, ago yeah, and they it didn't get any better either. Get, no, it just got no. worse and worse. It, got, it was worse than mm. the one that we think was really, really bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's like there's stats on... Rotten Tomatoes and the stats on IMDb, and it's, it depends on the way that you look at them because there's they have um, the tomato meter and then they have the average stats. So I took the average stats, and because they're expressed as a kind of a percentage, you know, you can then add up the numbers and do a bit of a an average and get a, a bit of a, a bit of a score. So check this out for the 1994 version, the critics. This is. The 1994 version. Yep. The critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it 47%. Excellent. Mm. That's not. That's 
just slightly below half bad. <laughs> yeah, slightly <laughs> below, which is about right. It's quite literally not <laughs> half bad. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, the audience on Rotten Tomatoes for 1994 gave it 66%. Uh-huh. Excellent. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. <laughs> this is the average score. For you always audience, like right? cheering for the underdog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when you get over to um, IMDb, mm. they gave it 39%. So if you tally all of those up, or, yeah. or rather you kind of average all of those to get a kind of an average, it comes out at 50%. Mm-hmm. It gets a score of 50-50. So if you now go over the 2005 version, Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it 45%, mm, which okay. is two percentage points down on on the other on the other one. Okay. At least it's down. On That's 94. Good. That's critics. Right. Then um, the audience on Rotten Tomatoes gave it 62%, which is, again, about two points down on the um, Rotten Tomatoes. That's about the same. Mm-hmm. But the critics on uh, IMDb gave it 57% for the 2005. Average all of that together and you get 54% for the 2005. Which, so, what's the difference? So I'll just so the 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 1994 was they gave 50% for that film 1994 Roger Corman, yep, right? Yep. Then the 2005 gets 54%. And the and, difference is a few hundred million dollars. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And let me just <laughs> highlight this clearly, yeah, right? Yeah. The budget for the 1994 was one million dollars, yeah. and the budget for the 2005 was 100 times yes, that. Yes. <laughs> yep, it's a very well polished turd. <laughs> yes. So yeah, what I was going to do some other maths, you know, in the background. How much did they earn in critic points for spending uh, 99 million dollars? They got four percent. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna push this this sucker up four percent. And to the two thousand four one, in my mind was was not better than the, the the Silver Surfer, which probably I don't know how the critics see that. Are they, are they you know are they going down in the critics' eyes as well? I didn't get the numbers exactly, but if you you check out the response from the two thousand and five one, yeah. is something like thirty, forty, fifty percent. The response for the f- 2015 one is 9%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just tanks yeah, instantly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And at some point, people stop going even to, the, to see them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think those numbers are fantastic uh, and and accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. A really interesting way to look at the uh, the process here. So um, we can do one. We, well, I'd like to do both things, but you guys can pick which one we do first. I think we should do a, a 10 to 15 minute snapshot of the narrative and, and of what the story was mm, yeah, without, okay. the, without the standard. We, we get quite accurate with the story beats normally mm-hmm. when we have a look mm-hmm. at a film. Um, we watch it so you don't have to. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll probably just try to s- slide through it and try to get to the end and sort of describe pretty much how it's laid out um, and who the main key players are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll come back and um, talk about the the real drama and the real um, the real story, the real story, which is um, what went on behind the scenes and what mm. is what is all this drama about? How yeah. did it all how so all go through the about? movie and fast forward? Yeah, let's do yeah. that. Let's okay. let's do that first. Let's have what yeah. the the story starts with. It starts with Reed Richards and school being taught by uh, Inspector Lestrade from Police Academy. From Police Academy. <laughs> 
as the professor. And he was yeah. he was overacting like yeah, he, he was fantastic. He was, yeah. Like everybody in this film, he was giving it his damn best. And it shots. set my mood immediately. You think, oh, that's that's Lestrade. Yeah, this is yeah. Bloody, this is a comedy. Yeah. So you immediately expect a, a sort of certain spoofness. But yeah. this film actually takes itself seriously. That's very seriously. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. And and so yes, Doctor Reed Richards is young student genius, um, handing out solutions to everyone while he's listening to the lecture. And yeah, Ben, and we, ben is there as well. And Ben, we see another main character. Um, and Ben, played by a footballer, um, yep, yep. Uh, celebrity slash footballer icon uh, in America. Can you remember his name, Tom? Or of course, I can remember. It's uh, Michael Bailey Smith. That's he's right, a, a, from the uh, Dallas Cowboys. But he's not the actor that played the thing. In the costume, no. When that's, he's in the costume, that was a stuntman. Uh, yeah, that changed. A much, much shorter actor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a photo I've got right here I'm going to throw up. This is a, this is a classic photo. Because <laughs> that's to real scale. <laughs> the, uh, the the person in the suit was um, oh, at least nearly a foot shorter. <laughs> oh, so Michael is not actually standing on, on, a, no, on, a, that's on real, a banana box that's there. That's scale. And he's you can, actually a head taller. You can see it in the film. Right. Sometimes the, you'll see this guy standing standing next to the other actors and he's shorter than the other actors. It but makes, makes sense. He, ca- ben is much he doesn't get, gain mass. He's gained mass. He gains density, so he needs to shrink. <laughs> so that's that's right. so perfectly yeah. makes sense. It's like yeah. a black hole. Sort yeah. of thing. Um, and we're... Um, so, yes, we're in- introduced to those two characters. We're also introduced to the comet because the professor talks about the comet and something to do with light speed, which well, I didn't, see, I didn't know it was a comet. He was talking about the comet. Was, the name was uh, it's, it's Colossus. 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 Colossus the see, comet I always thought Colossus on. was uh, a character. And they used Colossus in the, in the, in yes. the new Fantastic Four because mm. I think it was Colossus that that came. He's this destroyer of worlds. Isn't no, he? no, it's this Galactus. Ah, Don't get everything. You, you're, you, right, you, you're right. You're read right. Read your book. I, 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 no, well, that's I got a problem because the other week we were talking about something and uh, and I said, yeah, it's it's just like Marvel where they have. Um, um, Batman and Superman. Well, the, the, the last and first names, like uh, Peter Parker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not. J. Jonah Jameson. That's not Mark. Well, well everyone. No, it is no, Mark. Everyone. That's also I think stars. I said in the podcast it was DC. <laughs> oh, we were talking about DC, and I said, oh, it's just like DC. And then after the podcast, I thought, oh. If anyone listens to it, which is doubtful. No, they do um, Barry <laughs> Allen and Bruce Wayne, and oh, they do Clark Kent and Lois Lane. So Lois yeah, Lane. Now they, no, they don't match the last. The, the sometimes they, the no, they sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. So but you Colossus can tell is, a, an, is an X Men character. I'm it's a Marvel a character. Oh, right, cool. But this is Colossus, the comet, mm-hmm. and the comet is going past the Earth That's through right. the Van Allen Belt mm-hmm. because. They're always big enough. Which is a link to our last show. Yes, yes. I hope it doesn't catch on fire. It's probably what, caught on, what caused it to catch on fire. Operation Firebelt. <laughs> and so um, they need to do some experiments. Yes. So they go off, Reed and uh, his try friend and tap, Victor. Tap the energy. Tap. Victor, Victor von Doom is Who his was friend. also in the classroom. He's he was also in the classroom because they're all, all mates. Yes. And him and, and, and Reed, of course, warns, warns Victor that there's something wrong with the... With the um, Instrumentation. No, with, the, the, with the mathematics and the yeah. calculations, and he should run a test. But Vandoom's yeah. like, oh, there's no time for the test. We will make this thing go now. And they, they go into the into the little garage while the rest of the world sits out on a lawn. They look yeah. they look at the, the spectator. Yeah. We, we also see, we also get introduced to Susan and her brother and their mum. Yeah. Before this. Yes, yeah, yes because you're they, right before the experiment. Yep. This is Susan Storm as a little 12-year-old girl. Yeah, that's right. Who, who has a thing for Dr. Reed. <laughs> who has a thing for Dr. Reed. And Dr. Reed gives her a big old wet one on the cheek as yeah. well. So yeah. he's got a thing for a little 12-year-old. Stringing her along, almost. Yeah. And a very uh, boisterous um, uh, brother. 
Yeah, they knock, it, they knock yeah. it down when Johnny. it comes, comes in the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their mother, which I found interesting because I've read the, uh, the probably 230 issues of the Fantastic Four. And I've never, I don't recall ever meeting parents of, of the, the Storms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might be wrong. It's been a long time that I've read them, but I cannot recall that there ever was well, a Mother Storm in the comics. Which is weird because but I could be wrong. clearly could be totally she's wrong. important because at one point in this film, she gives them their name. Yes, yes. She calls them, gets them together for a photo. Isn't it a photo? Yes, for the, uh, at least it gets them together. They stand, they pose for Look the shot. At you fantastic four. <laughs> and after she said that, says that, they go to the thing and they yeah. watch the comment and everything goes downhill for Victor, who gets yes. frizzled, frazzled. That's right. And yeah. Ben um, saves him in the last moment, but he gets badly burnt. Badly burned. They go to the hospital. Two weird guys turn up and take off with his yes. body. We don't really know who they are, where they, they came from. They were introduced briefly because even on campus <laughs> they were They were clearly playing. evil because they had a Russian accent. They, were, they had a, what's, what's the name? Uh, uh, what's the, uh, the, the Transylvania, the, yeah. the, the same country that um, that Rock and Bullwinkle's nemesis <laughs> come from. <laughs> it's Dr. Doom's country and I forgot, I'm so embarrassed now that I don't remember the name of the country that he's the king of. Oh, is he a king? V- v- yeah, yeah, he's the, he's a monarch of bloody hell. Somebody Something. phone me right now and tell me. And uh, so they're already there. They, we saw them briefly on campus. Even. They're playing right. chess play there. Chess they're watching. And they're always there. These yeah. secret bodyguards. Yeah. And they pretend that he's dead and they take him away. That's right. And uh, he's and ten years go by, gone. and and so everyone thinks he's dead. Everyone thinks that uh, Victor is dead. Um, ten years go by, and and we find out that Doctor Reed has been working for 10 years to try to uh, do what they set out to do in the first place, which was to harness this uh, um, comet's power. But this time around, they have to go into space. They have to launch. That's right. So they go back and ask... um Sue Storm's parents, if they yeah. can take their kids to <laughs> yeah. space. Yeah. yeah, like it's the zoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just it? wanted to know if your kids wanted to come along into the death the death trap that is space and in, into a shuttle that's never been launched or tested. So did they explain why <laughs> non-astronaut people yes. are just going to be? Yeah, what was the, the explanation? Because Ben says, oh, no, but you, you, they, they know all about your research. Mm. Nobody knows about uh, okay, as right. much about what you were doing here than those little... Because, yeah. well, they're not, they're now 10 years on, so she must be 22 or something. Yeah. In the original comics, it was because they were going to shut down the program. They were going to shut, they were building the rocket to go up into space. And I, I believe in the, in the original comics, they were going to shut that down. And the, like Congress had cancelled the money or something or other. And so they said, put all this effort in, screw it. We'll just break into the thing and we'll just climb <laughs> in. I think and that was the story the in rocket. the reboot. The, Jim Lee did a reboot. He drew the, the reboot in the ni- mid 90s. Okay. Sort of around the time that this movie was made. So they, they restarted the whole, reset that issue one. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely the, the government. In the originals, I think that was Najit at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, again, could be wrong, but Latveria. Latveria is the Now, we skipped of. over a very important story beat here that um, just before the launch, they took delivery of a large diamond. Yes. Around about the size of a watermelon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, the diamond got stolen and replaced by someone that turns out to be a replacement mole man because they didn't have the, the Marvel rights to use mole man. So they, they come the, up with the, the jeweler. Thing is, the <laughs> yeah, thing is, you yeah. buy when you buy the rights for a film, you 
you buy the the names, right? Yeah. You need to buy the characters. You can't just buy the heroes. You buy the bad guys. Yeah. So you buy Doctor Doom. You get them the Mole Man because it's a classic. We probably buy Silver Surfer and Galactus and whatever. Throw in Silver Surfer for free. And somebody somewhere, some article or some YouTube thing that I read, they they were they wanted to have the Mole Man in there, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Bernd Eichinger himself says. Because Eichinger knew that he's not gonna he's not gonna invest into this film, right? Yeah. He's gonna get give it seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm not gonna invest. I have to put the Fantastic Four in there and Doctor Doom. Yeah. But I'm gonna reserve because I believe, and we'll talk about that later. I believe they wanted to release that film. Eichinger himself wanted to probably release it. He's gonna he's a producer. He makes puts yeah. in money. He said make the film, release it. Maybe it make, makes me a few bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he just wanted to then make a proper film, and he didn't want normally when you have uh, your origin story, you then can't reuse those same bad guys. So yeah. Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man and fights against the Green Goblin. Yeah. Second film, he has to fight uh, Dr. Octopus. He cannot fight yep. Green Goblin in the second film. So they did have the rights for the Mole Man, mm. but instead they invented a character who's not a Marvel. There's no jeweler. There's no jeweler. Doesn't, doesn't exist in the Marvel universe. And he steals the big diamond. And he steals the diamond, which is straightly hewn out of the out of the underground it's not polished yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just a geode cluster of <laughs> just a yeah. cluster of shiny stuff with a light in it and and importantly to the to the story is that the diamond is at the heart of the uh the energy capturing device that yes. they're going to use when the ship and, reaches on, the and, and also we forgot to introduce another character because when they go to the bank to deposit the diamond into the security mm. vault mm. um they ben grim collides with a blind yes um Sculptress with Alicia. Yes, with and, Alicia makes, and makes for potentially one of the cre- Destroys her, creepiest, her um, uh, weirdest, uncomfortable sh- scenes out of any film ever. <laughs> yes. Where they run into each other on a, on a, on a stairway. She drops some uh, sculpt, sculpture or pottery they or something break. on the ground. She's blind. He proceeds to then lift her into the air by the hips while she is massaging his face. <laughs> and they fall madly in love. And they fall madly in love in that moment. <laughs> yes. Holy too much touching going on. I was thinking about that and I was imagining if I'm blind, right, and I'm being attacked yeah. or just somebody, yeah. you know, he, he's talking, he's saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll help you yeah. up. But she's, she's not manhandling her. Yeah. I want to know who is currently fondling me. In case she's on a... a, a Eyewitness. Yes, that's right. So if you're blind, I'm thinking maybe that's what you would do. And I think that's maybe what the actress has thought. I would have to, you know, does he have glasses? Does he have a beard? Is he bald? What is he, what is this, who is this person who is lifting me up? And it's sort of in that, from that mind, makes sense that her hands would immediately go to his face. So they, 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 then they go their, they go their own separate ways. Um, Meanwhile, Reed is in the background of this awkward scene, just sort of peering over his shoulder. Well, he's the guy who kisses and fondles 12-year-old girls. Well, so. as it turns <laughs> out. Um, he's taken. <laughs> and he's got the diamond in the case. And they, they put put it into the machine and then they leave for the night. The kids turn up. Um, it's all uh, – all, the mission is a go and they're, they're ready to take off the following day, right? They lock up for the night. And then the jeweler breaks in, swaps the diamond, which he's stealing – to impress a blind girl with the blind chick, we, we <laughs> yes, because he's met. in love with the blind, and chick. because the world's this big, because <laughs> the um, one thing that blind people love is shiny diamonds, <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to make her his queen, yes, um, queen of the underground, and um, and swaps it, swaps the diamond for a glass replica, 
boom, boom, boom. So we know that the the mission is do- doomed, but the the crew don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. So they take off. Yep, up into space. space. Yep, and um, then they start doing their science. Yep, and uh, then they realise that the flux capacitor isn't fluxing enough, yep. or whatever it is that that thing did. Yep, and uh, it's absorbing. It's absorbing the extra rays or something. Oh, so is it's it hel- helping them to buffer? Yeah. Mm. So there wasn't enough buffering going on. That's right. Yep. And uh, so the they, Van Allen belts got to them, and they catch fire. They could have caught. They could have. Yep. Set fire to the Van Allen belt if yep. um, underneath the sea bottom <laughs> submarine movie is to be believed. That's right. And then they come plummeting back to Earth. People well, have they to watch start all the plummeting to get They jokes. start plummeting and then they're on Earth. That's right. So yes. visual effects were uh, light on, which yes. we'll discuss later on as to why <laughs> that happened. We get the story. We know what happens. <laughs> they land. Uh, we, we then see uh, Doc, uh, Dr. Reed sort of running around uh, amongst, all, um, amongst all sorts of uh, um, tinfoil debris mm-hmm. um, in, in a spacesuit. Such as you have never seen, yes, in your life, and surrounded. There's little pieces of paper here and there that are on fire, because <laughs> that's exactly what you would see from from a, a reentry gone wrong. Um, and then he finds Ben, yes, and then he finds the kids, and we're all safe and everybody's okay. But Reed, he doesn't quite understand why this is so. He, he believes we should all be dead, and none of us should be alive. So then they make a campfire and <laughs> yes, have a bit of a rest. Yeah. Well, and I guess they don't even know where they are. Yeah. And they're waiting for rescue. Yep. And they find about their powers. Yes, and they realise that they all have something strange about mm. them. We first get introduced to her power because they find each other except for her. Uh, they That's can right. hear her yeah. voice. They can hear her voice, but they, can, they can't see her. And then she materialises. And for some reason, she doesn't realise that she's invisible. <laughs> Just a little odd. Yes. <laughs> Until like, she looks at herself. Yeah, yeah. Imagine you get up and dust yourself <laughs> off and fail to realise you're invisible. Yeah. But anyway. Um, and so she's uh, got powers of invisibility. Yes. Um, What's the next? Johnny, Johnny, he's got fire. Yeah. He's, he's he sneezed. I yeah, think, that's didn't right. he sneeze and mm, blow up yeah, a tree? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he sneezed and he thought he's he's that was his power at that time that he's got the <laughs> sneezing power of fire. <laughs> um, and then someone stumbles and Doctor Reed puts out it's, his rubber arm. No, yeah, it's the it's Ben Grimm who's that's very right. unhappy and he's like, oh, I'm a big rock monster. Not yet. No, not no, yet. No. They go to sleep first. He wakes up. Next day. He's normal when they go to sleep. They've got the two guys turn up with their automatic weapons the next day. Doesn't he? No, no, he comforts him or something rather. That's why he stretches out accidentally. I've got a feeling someone someone stumbles and he catches catches I think it's her. It's Sue, yeah, yeah. And then he brings her in. Um, So that's the first rubber arm shot for the film. Mm. Um, And it didn't look good. It it, it wasn't impressive. But. uh, yes, Ben goes to sleep. They all have a bit of a bit of a rest, and Ben goes to sleep. And then they're woken um, in the night by the flash of some sort of security uh, police sort of siren, and 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 um, car turns up. A couple of guys get out with automatic weapons. We, be- I believe, we've already met Doom. Yes, and he's the one that sends the. He knows where they are. Mm-hmm. He's been watching it the whole time because he knew about. He wanted to sabotage the mission in the first place, but when he spied the jeweler swapping the uh, 
um, the gem, he started his maniacal laugh and said, this is going to work even better. <laughs> and he let it all happen, but he tracked them the whole time. So he knew where they were and he sent out security guys to go and get them and bring them back to his to his lair. To his mm-hmm. castle in Latveria. Latveria yeah. is the country. The That's country it. is Latveria. And then uh, when they sort of... Is it right next to Latvia? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little south. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, uh, the... They sort of uh, all stand up and then the security guards point, you know, in awe and shock to find that there's this creature standing mm. behind them and that's where we're introduced to the thing. The thing. <clears throat> all right. And um, the thing's not too happy that he's all thingy. Yeah. Mm. And, um, yeah. and then they go right. up to the lab. Then the cars, they, they don't know where they are. They think no. they're in with, with the government. Yeah. And they've got a doctor who tries to... Uh, there's the comic comic moments when mm-hmm. he interviews each of those yeah. and doesn't get his blood sample. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they start they flee. They want to get out of there. Mm. They um That's right. they use their powers. Want to escape. She goes invisible and hits the security guard in the face. The first fight scene is when they people in yellow suits come into the cell. Yep. And the first fight scene is when the thing pummels them all and all we see is the camera spinning wildly <laughs> right. for yes. 10 seconds and the fight's over. That's right. Camera just goes very Batman esque, yes, because yeah. it was clobbering. You, you can see them in the, in editing, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, we they, didn't film a fight. <laughs> yeah, we didn't <laughs> film a fight. I know how to rotate a, you know, I know how to rotate the shot. Okay, spin it really fast. Yeah, shake it, shake it. <laughs> and um, then um, the thing ends up breaking out of the the cell, yeah. and. Um, <laughs> When he breaks out, you know, if you see the comics, you see the thing and he's in this dynamic pose, like a kind of a ninja thing. Yeah. But when the guy breaks out, the, the stuntman, you know, there's, a, there's obviously a, you know, polystyrene, black polystyrene wall in front of him. And he just marches out like this. just strides through. Just straight through it, like on a brisk walk. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, get a little bit of ninja pose action going on here. This was the stuntman, not the actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't know acting. Yeah, it doesn't know acting. So but then they get back to the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. they. Uh, well, they they're now in they're outside in Latveria. They realise that they're at the castle. Is that the? But, but did we miss the classic scene where Doctor Doom comes back and that's everybody's when, gone? That's when Doctor right. Doom comes back. That's yeah. right. He left Afterwards. the room so that the henchman <laughs> could take care of it. Yeah, yeah. And then comes back to find a pile of henchmen. And he goes, oh, right. (laughs) Fade away. (laughs) Um, And the the guy that plays Doom is... um, He's brilliant. He's the son. Remember the the TV series Greatest American Hero? Yeah. Yes. There's the guy that's a school teacher that... He's this guy with the suit, the blonde guy. Right. Played by William Catt. Yep. And the premise of the TV show is that they, they're given a super suit by an alien spaceship, yes. but they lose the instructions <laughs> yes. to the suit. Yeah. But he has an FBI handler. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Doom's father. Ah, oh, right, okay. And he, yeah. he almost, there's the same sort of, or was it at 11? He's sort of a little, little <laughs> that over the guy top. should have had more roles. Yeah, I mean, I have not seen, he was fantastic. He was Joseph, Joseph Culp. Yeah, yeah. He was, he, Purposefully overacted. Mm. He was told to, you know, lay it on a bit, and yeah. he did it really, really well. And you have to, if you're in a in a costume, that doesn't show your face. Mm. Yeah. So you have to. But he does <laughs> yeah. the things he does oh, as he talks he with, his- with his fingers. There was a lot of shots where we're close up, 
but he couldn't help but get his hands get his yeah. hands into the shot and move his fingers around <laughs> and there's the classic oh, number 12 when they have was it 12 seconds I have brought something for you <laughs> No, no, well, my favourite one is when he says, you know, you have 12, he says, you have 12 seconds <laughs> left. And he actually draws it in the midair in reverse. It, it, so it yeah, appears so to correct. Us it was correct. Yeah, he was good. And he was good in the documentary as well. Yeah, he was. <laughs> um, so where are we? we um, we're out of the castle and they make it back to the world, the, the to New York. Are they in New York? Yeah, in the comics they are, I suppose, here as well, so yeah. I think they make it back to so. New York. And what happens when they get back to New York? Ben. Ben gets the shits and he just says, I've had the shits. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And he ends up somehow, I've forgotten exactly how, but he ends up down with the jeweler in the city. He just walks there. He just walks and then one of the jeweler's henchmen, the the silent one, the one with the (laughs) creepy face, he just goes and says, two streets in New York. Come with us. We we have (laughs) cookies. You're weird. We're weird. We like weird. Come with into the cellar with us. (laughs) And he gets a warm welcome. Also, Alicia has been taken. Has she already been kidnapped? No, she's been kidnapped. She took delivery of the... She was supposed to, to sculpt a memorial for the oh, four heroes right, because they right. were declared dead. Right. And that was, in my mind, the creepiest moment in the film was when that delivery boy came mm. <laughs> with his little cap with the wings on it. Yeah, that's right. And he just looks at her grinning and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a creepy moment. It was that a creepy guy, moment. I don't know who that actor was supposed to per- portray. Yeah. But yeah, he it should was be a bizarre thing taking away from. And she uh, recognised the face. Of course, she felt it before from the casting, from the helmets. She has photographic memory that, fingers. That's or right. Something like that. Yeah, she was an eyewitness, <laughs> um, and started breaking into tears. She was uh, to find out that her one true love had uh, perished in the in the crash. Right at the moment, she was kidnapped. All right, so she's kidnapped, she's taken back to the lair. Mm-hmm. Ben Grimm is now wandering the streets and missing, possibly yep. in coots with the bad guys now. Yep. What happens next? Uh, Dr. Doom sends his people, his henchmen, to get the diamond because then they have been following around, so yep. he wants the diamond now. That's right, and they try to negotiate or something. Yes, they want they? to buy it, and the diamond is not for sale. That's right, because it's for the queen. Yes, yeah, so yeah, for the marriage queen. to the... Yeah, so the right. jeweler does not want to part with his jewel, Yep. and then Dr. Doom gets up from his throne... And says, I'm going to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And he goes over to New York and he says, I'll be there in six hours. Wait for me. Mm-hmm. And he brings a few henchmen with him and they all attack the lair and start shooting everyone. Except the the, 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 the lair folk shoot at Doom and he stands there like this and like that and poses while bullets <laughs> bounce off his armor and ricochets and kills all the people that shoot. They shoot themselves with their own bullets because they all bounce off Doom's armor. Mm-hmm. And then they take the diamond, don't they? And and the jeweler has has Alicia with a gun on her head he, 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 against her head. Oh, that's right. And says, "Oh, don't take the diamond! Yeah. One false move, and I kill her." <laughs> and Doom goes, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." I don't know. Yeah. Is that his exact line? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it wasn't it was his line. His line was, "Be my guest." Yeah, 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 yeah. It was something like, "Yeah, oh, whatever." Yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah, kill her. <laughs> <laughs> and Doom, what do you expect? Doom's power at this point. Um, Apart from the fact, uh, well, his power up until this point is just surviving. He survived the thing that everyone thought he died from. And then we find that his power is really just a gun. 
Isn't well, his power is his mind again. He's is it brilliant? He's super genius. brilliant scientist. Because in genius, the reboot yes. stuff, it's not like he's magnetic. He's got this magnetic. That's all his armor. Yeah. His armor has all the gadgets in it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. In this film, not so much. It's got some knives that come out of its fingertips, that's and right. I think that's about it. That's right. But no, his power is his mind, and the only reason Alicia survives is because Ben Grimm steps up to the fight and he starts clobbering people. Yeah, and then she says something stupid that makes him all all melancholy, and when yes. and he Ben turns Grimm back gets into melancholy, he becomes a human again. And, and at that time, we flash over to the lab where um, where the rest of the crew have realized that that's why they have the powers that they have that they it's personality what, what happened is it's their it's their weakest yeah. um, their weakness has been made into a superpower susan storm is unsure and yes. shy He's shy so she, she becomes, becomes invisible, invisible. Yeah. the hot tempered um, johnny, johnny. Is the is the torch, and Reed is always supporting people mm, and spreading to himself too thin. Yes, yeah. I kind of like that actually. Yeah, it was the first time I'd thought of putting some sense to why they uh, had these separate powers. Yeah, yeah. And Ben yeah, obviously he's, he's a cranky. If you're in the spaceship and you get bombarded with, <clears> and you just at that moment think, I really like pudding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. what, what happens to you? <laughs> yes. What have you done, Ray? Turn into the pudding Stay cook. Stay puff marshmallow man. <laughs> I thought it couldn't hurt us. Um, this is, uh, by the way, this is Robert Culp. That's the father. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yep. Of Doctor Doom in this. Uh, yeah, right. Interesting. Okay, so. <clears throat> um, so she makes next? costumes? <laughs> That's right. She makes the costumes. She, she makes walk, the costumes. But she walks in with those costumes, man. I lost it. I lost my shit. <laughs> she looked terrible. And then she had them draped over her arm. And I'm thinking, now they're about to look terrible. Because <laughs> they were terrible costumes. They were very true to the comics. And they were terrible costumes in the comics as well. Because <laughs> as far as spandex go, they drew a short story. Bring up the draw. poster again. Because the poster, they don't have the costumes on the poster. No, it's all reason. silhouettes. It's all silhouettes. Yeah, you can't really. There's no blue on there either, really, is no, there? No. <clears throat> and why are they going with a chrome thing? Why isn't it white? I don't know. See, this is is this the poster that was made? Because they did a full year of promo mm. without the film ever being released. So they went to the Comic-Cons mm-hmm. and they went to the uh, uh, premiere galas and all this sort of stuff. Um, so is that f- from the original? Is that poster from the original or is this a fan variation or something? Mm. I don't know. I certainly haven't found any other poster other than that mm. one. But it's hard to know because this is not a real thing. Like, it's not a... Well, it, it, as you said, it was going there. It was mm. going... They they realised... Oh, the let's come later. Let's, let's finish the story. Yeah, yeah. Story first. So, they, yeah, they put on their costumes. They uh, Ben Grimm walks in and says, Oh, I'm back again. And they finally do their classic fist in the middle and everyone puts yeah, their yeah. hand on it, which you see from the comics. Yeah. And then they get in there. And then they have... They already have a jet. Ah, that's they right. They have a big building that has four fours on it. Yep. When when well, she, she didn't just make the suit. <laughs> she also painted the building and built a jet. She was there. <laughs> and they fly with the jet out of their building That's and right. off to Latveria to the castle. Yeah. And then they confront mm. Doctor Doom, who has built a giant laser uh, with a laser diamond yeah, yeah. laser. Pointed through a little hole, which which means like whatever you're firing at has to be there. Yeah, <laughs> he points yeah. it up at the sky, <laughs> yeah. but he wants to shoot it at New York and and, and vaporize yeah, it. That's right. with, and, and that's what he did. Was, was that the diamond? That was the diamond. The diamond. Yes, that's correct. And so they walk into a trap, knowing it's a trap. They say it's probably a trap, and they say let's go in, and then they're trapped. They get trapped by light beams. That's right. 
Now, what does he want to do with them in the light beams? Does he want to steal their powers? I think he was right? trying to drain. He wanted all their powers so yes. that he could have all of those traits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's correct. So, yes. And now, how did... Um, the Super Skrull gets them in the comics, but here it's... The- <laughs> yes, that's right. How did they escape from the laser beam? Well, from because the, because there's a, a gap. There's a little gap under the force field. <laughs> I got two words for you. Toe punch. <laughs> As uh, Tom was saying, there's a little tiny gap just as big as <laughs> big as somebody's stretchy toe can squeeze through. Yeah, can and then he kicks through. the kicks the le- kicks the diamond or something. No, it kicks. There's a machine that sucks their power that has sort of green sparkly like the Emperor in Star Wars, right? So, But it, these are green. And so each beam goes through their little four on their chest and uh-huh. sucks their power out of their chest. And that machine sort of, instead of falling to the ground, starts wildly spinning, spinning, <laughs> and eventually hits the machine that powers the laser force fields, right. the light force fields, and then they're free and then it's clobbering time yep. again. And it is clobbering time. See, with these machines that suck your powers out, mm. right, mm. typically your average hero is stuck in that machine for some amount of time until they, they get Yes, but escape. I think the machine looks around in the body to find. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say. It's always, it takes a while <laughs> yes. before it actually. That's Do right. you lose 50% or, or does it, you, it's like a loading yeah. screen. It has to sort of fill up before it takes everything. Well, what it does is it buffers in the stream <laughs> yeah. and if the stream is cut off, the buffer stops and, you're retained, and you retain all of it. Yes, yes. It yeah. doesn't control X of the data, you know. It just well, maybe it doesn't suck them. Maybe it just copies it. Yeah, maybe it's it doesn't take C. your powers. It just yeah, it's a control it. C but machine. Yeah. Uh-huh, it's right? control C. That was that, and it fell over mid control. But you're right, Dan. There's plenty of films where the hero gets sucked, drained out. His eyes pop in. His his skin shrivels up. The moment the machine, you yeah. know, gets turned off, he reverts back to normal. The flesh yeah, yeah, gets yeah. colorful yeah. again. And, oh, I'm back, back, up, I'm yeah. back. It all came back to me now. Yeah, it's kind of like elastic. You can stretch it out, stretch it out, but you let go, it snaps all back. Yeah. Yep. It takes exactly as long as the script needs it to take. So our heroes are split up a little bit here because Johnny, the laser beam has been launched. Yes. Like a missile, this laser beam. <laughs> yeah, if only they had and then later it comes back down. I guess the L in laser <laughs> might not be fitting for the name of this particular weapon. If they had taken missile, it would have been better. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's for rather sure. than the speed yes. of light, it's the speed of Johnny. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and there's a shot where you can where it cuts to him chasing it, mm. and when the shot, he's parallel, and the beam is faster that's right. than him. Yeah. As he is chasing it, you see that the beam is faster than Johnny. <laughs> but he still managed he to still catch managed up to, it, stand yep. in front of it, um, absorb it, and save New York. And then spin around wildly. Spin around a little bit. <laughs> it gets um, him everywhere. It gets him in the ass. gets him in the head. <laughs> Some of the all-time greatest uh, uh, animation. Um, yeah. t- t- sort of 3D CG early. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll come back to that shit. Um and uh, the other hero that is uh, doing the deed is Dr. Reed, who chases after Doom mm-hmm. and corners him on a balcony. Oh, that's right. Yep. And Doom falls all over the balcony. There's a there's a, a witty witty exchange. Oh, no, there's as some, Marvel, there's as some Marvel rubber arm punches. Fight, they always have witty banter. That's right. And Doom says, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And then Reed punches him in the face and says, yeah. that's for trying to kill me <laughs> from from 20 feet away though right these are definite rubber yeah, arm punches which apparently um, you couldn't spot coming even though they're four times as long um, and he goes over the edge mm-hmm. only to just grab on with a hand one hand hanging off the cliff and Reed is then uh, uh, has to make a choice do I let him go or do I save him and chooses to save him 
Just like in Flash Gordon, Just, all of the heroes do yeah, that, yeah. don't they? Oh, Flash Gordon. There's music in this film. Yes. Original music. Yes. Yes. Unlike the trailer, which had the music from... Oh, I didn't. Battle Beyond the Stars. I did it. Really? Oh, did it? Did really? Yes. <laughs> the trailer had the music from Battle Beyond the Stars. Really? Yes. And uh, But this movie had original... Because the trailer is a real thing. The trailer is a real thing. That, that was they made really as made they really wanted to show the movie. That's why I think Corman was going to, if he thought he was yes, going to release it. he was going to. Every I think everybody, I think. everybody was going to release it. And Except Stan Lee, who is a storyteller, yeah. tells these stories. Oh, this movie was never supposed to be this yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It was made because you invest. You invest a movie, you want to show it. Yeah. And uh, Bernd Eichinger didn't have his heart set on it. And he said, yeah, I really just want to get hold on to the I want to have you know the, the copyright rights of yeah. first refusal license when when, when the license gets passed on again yeah so he didn't really care too much the movie was made and that was the important thing for him so he didn't he didn't market the sucker no and nobody was really marketing the sucker so except the for the actors. actors eventually went and said oh, if, if we pockets. don't if we don't start doing something yeah. give us some money and, and they paid a bit money well let's save this until we finish yeah, the yeah, story yeah, yeah. but yeah. music so there was music in yes. there because yeah. you mentioned Flash Gordon Flash just Gordon. then and there's this theme that keeps coming, the which is exactly the kiss oh, theme okay. yeah, yeah, by yeah. Queen. Yeah. Really? Which every time I heard it, they hear it several times in the film, and every yeah. time it reminded me of, of Flash Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Now, my wife was watching the film with me, and she said, You know what, this, this, uh, Theme reminds me of and said, "Yeah, Flash Gordon." No, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that in lots of Alfred yeah. Hitchcock movies. <laughs> you thought there was a so we both had moment. we both had this moment where we oh, this reminds me of totally different things. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a universal music theme, I guess, that they took there. Um, so Doom is dangling by the hand um, of the long stretched arm of of Reed, um, and there's monologue a little bit back and forward, and then he falls to his death. Laughing all the he way falls. down. Yes. Well, yes, no, it we don't see the death. He in falls fog. into some foggy, cloudy abyss below, mm. and we don't hear the thud. Uh, so, right. leave, conveniently leaving the whole franchise open for um, repeat visits. And then as Reed leaves, they immediately get married. Well, as oh, Reed no, leaves. No. Some, something happens with oh, the, the glove. The glove goes with this. Whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, I never got that either. But anyway, yes. Ming's ring. Yes. Um, so, yes, then they get married, which is a good point. <laughs> we jumped straight to the wedding. Yep. Well, at least we had a conclusion. Yeah, Remember? We, did. We, did. We, we usually get just an ending just and then roll, roll the credits. credits. Yeah, yep. we're, we're done. Bad guy gets it, roll credits. No, yeah. we, we had a conclusion. They did live happily, happily ever after. Yes. And they presented me with one of the golden moments of cinema history, <laughs> which is the wobbly, wavy arm hanging at the top of the, uh, the limo as it drives down the road. <laughs> And um, as we'll get to shortly, the the documentary, the guy that played Doom remembered the moment he saw that. The first time. Yeah. And and that's when he thought, I know what kind of movie I'm in. (laughs) Something is not right here. Because a lot of the stuff, they would not have seen the special effects. So as the the actors, they would have seen the sets Mm. and that the sets Mm. were pretty poor as well. So they must have, I mean, they knew that there was no budget. Mm. They knew there was no money. They knew that the costumes were what they were. And it was a Corman film. Uh, Rebecca Stapp, the, the, the woman who plays Susan Storm, Brought all her own clothes, mm. uh, except That's for right. the except for the costume. That's right. Uh, she was wearing her own clothes, too, <laughs> yes. and the wedding dress wasn't hers. Yeah. So they knew that there was no budget, but they knew there was a Roger Corman film. Yeah. So you know, Roger you Corman expect? makes every kind of movie and releases every kind of movie yeah. that he makes. Yeah. So obviously, there's going to be an audience for the Fantastic Four film. They're going to 
go to great, great things afterwards. Yeah. And so at that point, with the wavy arm as they go down the street, that was the end. Roll credits. Yep. I'm surprised that the actor who played Doctor Doom was even there in the wedding scene to see it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether he saw dailies. Yeah, or, the, the other yeah. actors were there. Johnny. Yeah, but Doctor Doom wouldn't Doom, be there. Doom might have been off to the side of the set or something. Ah, uh, true. The character Doctor. Yeah, the character. The actor it was definitely him been... in the doc in the doco. Yes, that, it that said it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so at that point, when I watched the film and the credits rolled, I was ready. I had, I had uh, one spewing, in the one you? in the chamber. I was ready. To, <laughs> like I. I was. I had things on my mind, like I can never get that time back. Like the, the, I feel robbed. I, I, you know, that was you. You, you abused me. Um, Who wanted? You came up with watching the film. Didn't yeah, you? yeah, it was a new idea. yeah. I wanted to see what it was all about. Um, and then Tom introduced me to the. Well, maybe we should do a little stop for a second and just do our thoughts. Yeah. Our sort of pre. Yeah. Pre later on thoughts of what we thought. After well, the that original movie. film <clears throat> burned. Burn and I don't burn. have burn very often in in, <laughs> in this stuff, right? So th- without the context of the documentary and everything that went on behind the scenes, it is a burnable film. Like it is not a, a, a paying fitting tribute to such heroes mm-hmm. and such lore, and mm-hmm. like it wasn't. It was mm-hmm. terrible. I you can't spend one million dollars on on a film. I. I- of this nature, give it give it some credit because it. Tom has, thought it had heart. It had has had had something. Yeah, it has nice. And I understood that statement, but only after I watched the documentary. I hadn't watched the I documentary at the time yet. I felt for them. I felt for all of them. But I'd seen the I'd seen the other Fantastic Four films, and out of them, in terms of yeah. engagement with the characters yeah. and not getting bored, this is this was entertaining, mm. and this had heart. And the uh, other Fantastic, the expensive ones. They made me just want to turn it off. Mm-hmm. So you were film. you were really disappointed with those other ones because I was you totally disappointed. Before you've with you've read a lot of this material and in comic form, yeah, and and this one is the truest yeah. to the characters to the comic. I, yeah. I think it the script initially was the the, the, the low budget destroyed the film. Yeah. The script itself wasn't such a bad script. Yeah, I think you're right. So they, it's it's the fact that they didn't get any support in terms of and what we're seeing you gotta you gotta give that credit that this is a copy of a copy of a videotape of another videotape yeah. uploaded to YouTube absolutely and that's the, what it looks like to see the original would yeah. have would I would so if this ever if Marvel didn't burn it yeah they should totally put that out on Blu-ray yeah they should invest a few thousand dollars few hundred thousand dollars to yeah. redo all the special effects yeah not redo that's the wrong word. Just, just no. Make them. Just tweak up. Oh, well, no, no, tweak I, up. I think Tom's no, no, idea is. It, I'm I with Tom. You're, I know what you're going to say, and you're going in a different direction. Tom's suggesting that they should be recreated. No. Given that they, they originally were, were done by a man. No, 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 no. Let no, us see no, what this no, film no, no, could no, no, actually no, 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 be. They were originally done by no, no, Steve Schilling. If the film had had whatever they can salvage with budget, you're they going down the Lucas route there, where you're going <laughs> to shove friggin' dinosaurs but all over again, the fucking screen. Are we changing something when it no, never got it released? Has, it hasn't been released. That's right. <laughs> True. Now it has been released, you <laughs> sneaky bastards. It has been released. Yeah. No, you don't. It does belong um, to the no, people no, no. now. You don't um, redo the special effects. Yeah. You fix the film mm-hmm. because it's still incomplete. Like the ADR pickups for yeah. when Doom's talking and yeah. that's right. Right. That, so I think make it complete yeah. is what you should be aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. To fix what you can fix without having to get the actors back. We are now way too old. Yeah. You know, can't refilm shots. Yeah. And you, there's no way to start refilming thing without refilming the whole thing. That's not possible. Yeah. Hmm. So release the thing, fix what you can fix, but show us what it could be. 
because yeah, it could be a nicer film. My opinion was, um, yes, I was, I was, I thought it was good. <laughs> Good's a strong word. <laughs> I thought kicking the ass is good if the alternative is a hammer on the toe. <laughs> <laughs> the music was good. The music was great. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. I thought that the story was... Because the music, of course, was a 22-piece symphony orchestra. Yeah. And the two, was they brothers? Two brothers. Two brothers, brothers yes. composed it with their own money. They used yeah, their own they money. Yeah, they paid for the orchestra themselves. So that was good. The, I thought the story, like you were saying, was good. It was straightforward and it was fairly simple. Perhaps it had an extra subplot or two that could have been cut from it. Um, and the special effects... <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of used to those that, that level of special effects with some of the other movies we watched. So I came away with a with a positive, a not a horrible set it on fire opinion of it when I yeah. watched it the first time. Uh, no, I would have I would have torched the damn thing. <laughs> like I really would have. I thought that I thought Ben um, was a terrible actor. Um, he was a terrible actor. Probably the only thing that that guy was good for was sticking in the suit, and that's the only thing they didn't do with him. <laughs> Right. Ben was a terrible actor. The guy in the suit did more acting, and that was um, animatronics inside the mask. Um, it was there was awkward. There was so many awkward, weird acting moments. Some of the performances. Um, I think the um, Johnny. They were saying yeah. in the documentary that there was no rehearsals. Johnny was crazy. That's and that's what no you see. No rehearsals. That's it what was you just see. like you see no rehearsals. Walk to yeah. the point, do your line, cut, and, and next move shot, on. Let's set up for the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and that's yeah. really what you see. You see that. So yeah, that would be my um, negative point. So yeah, yeah the music was good. This was the, so it was that kind of aspect. I don't know how you'd describe it. It's not exactly the acting. It's the the speed of production, the you guerrilla could kind filmmaking. Of, yeah, you can yeah, kind of I'm, tell. I, I think I was a little bit influenced by the quality, the the, the print upon print upon print mm-hmm. quality mm-hmm. of the thing. It was the a lot of it's lost in shadow mm-hmm. and stuff. And if I might have added some points if if I had seen it in a proper cinematic quality, because they shot it on film and everything. It was, yeah. I think yeah. although at one point I think they mentioned that like. The, the, a lot of the emulsion wasn't didn't even match. Yeah, they didn't all. have consecutive numbers on the emulsion <laughs> of their film. No, so. but that Roger Coleman never had that. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, no. Um, okay, so let's, right. let's jump into what what is this all about? What what actually happened? So, t- Tom, tell us the story of of how this thing came about. What, where did it where did it start as a let's make a movie process. Who came up well, with that I, idea no, well, first? I, I think that so Marvel have have been doing movies, right? They had hadn't done many. But by the time that this film was made, which was 1992, 26th of December, 1992 is when they started filming. Yep. Um, by and that, that time, and DC that very important. We'll DC come back to that. DC had had many successes. They had done a Batman franchise mm-hmm. and started with quite quite successful films. And they took the superheroes from the AD films, which were pretty crap films. And they had a. I used to. I know when I, when we used to go to America as a family because I'm half American and we used to go spend our 
summer holidays there mm-hmm. and they had a TV show which was the amazing spider-man I love the spider-man comics so I watched the amazing spider-man the TV, TV show. show where this guy climbs up the, the side of the wall with his hands just waving like this while he's being pulled <laughs> up with a rope yep. horrible even for a teenager that was horrible and I thought I still watch it because I like spider-man yeah so that's the quality that we had in the 80s now comes Tim Burton and shows us that we can with a big budget actually do some decent movies with mm-hmm. lots of makeup and costumes and they had done I think I don't know how far they got into the Batman franchise, but um, at least three or four. Batman Returns, Batman Begins, Batman Forever was maybe out there already. I'm not sure about the times. Mm-hmm. So Marvel sees, oh, yes, we can make movies. We have to, we have to um, do better films. And they had been selling off the, the rights to their characters. And they had sold off Spider-Man. They had sold off the Fantastic Four. Captain America. Captain, well, they, that, so what they had un, until then was bloody Howard the freaking duck. Howard the duck, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, which was a big flop, rightfully so. Yep, sits in the Lucas archives. Yeah. That was mid-80s. Then yep. they had the, 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 the Punisher, end of yeah, 80s, and, right. and the um, Captain America film, which I've never seen, but yep. which some people say is the worst movie ever. Yes, we haven't seen that. It is on our short list. Is we, it? We, oh, dear. I've got a feeling the Captain America one to watch was, <laughs> was canon films as well. I've got a feeling it Maybe. was, yeah, who are also synonymous with so shit. So Marvel says, now we've got to take our, <clears throat> our property back. Mm. We, got to, we can actually make movies. The special effects are better. Computer graphics and so on are coming along as well. Yeah. So, they want their rights back. Yes. And uh, Pat Eichinger has the rights to the Fantastic Four. Now, he bought them in 1982, and they last for 10 years. And they're about to expire on the 31st of December. Mm -hmm. And another point, perhaps just to highlight there, is I don't know how much he bought them for, but he must have bought them for... $125,000, he said. Oh, okay. All right. So, so and, and not much, he yes. says. Yeah. It was so, not yes. a large amount. Yeah. Because at the time, Marvel was keen to you know, get somebody to make films, get our characters out there, let, let people know about our comics. Yeah. <laughs> they were just vessels to sell the comics. So the thing expires. But if you, what you do, you buy a contract and you have um, the right to make a movie. Now, if you make the movie, then if it's successful, you might want it to make more. And you don't, you don't, so it people, carries over. People, it carries over. Yeah. You, well, it, it it doesn't, but you can rebuy them. That's right. You, you get the right of first refusal, which is yeah. called. Then, so if somebody else says, "Ooh, Fantastic Four was a great success," we want to buy the rights next. And you want to retain that, your option. You want to have have that option. Yeah. So he says, "I have to make a movie. Any old movie will do." And if I start, if I have, if I start by the thirty first of um, December, yeah. I will retain my rights. So yeah. he starts shopping around. Who tra- can do his? He goes to trauma, trauma. trauma first, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. and trauma turned it down. <laughs> that shows you something. <laughs> if trauma turns. I I think his rights extended till production had finished. Uh, no, right? no, he had to start in, provided, in that calendar year. Provided he started before the license ran out, the license would continue until he's finished making the film. No, no, you get you get the license for another. I'm not sure exactly, yeah. but the way I understand it, you get a license for another. Something 10 about years. it made that. Because familiar because I remember thinking, why did they have to shoot it so fast? Why couldn't they just take shoot one shot? Well, this is where, where I'm going to build why up to. Why couldn't they just start and yeah, not finish? they yeah. only had to shoot this one is, shot. If it was part of the same schedule, it could have gone for an extra month. This is where I'm going to build up to my argument of what happened, is that he would then retain the licence until they'd finished the film. Mm. Thus, if you know what happened, and I don't want to steal the story too much, but... They start producing the film really quickly, mm. but then when it starts to hit editing and yeah. 
special effects and stuff in the post. The brakes went on. The brakes went on. Yeah. And it just drags out for another yeah. few years. And, and I think I think the dragging out was this is where Ari um Abi Arad. Yeah, Ari Ari Arad comes in on it. Right? This guy here. All right. I believe this guy is the reason why it never got released. Well, did he, he's the one who said who bought he, it. He bought it yeah. from from Bernd, but, but Eichinger, yeah. Bernd Eichinger, and it was um, Eichinger's power came from this thing existing and this guy not wanting it to get released. Yeah. Eichinger wanted to release it, right? But this guy didn't. He was desperate. He was a comic. He, he made cartoons, this guy. Um, if you go back into that period, back to 90, 94, 96, whatever, Fantastic Four TV series, right? He was he was the executive producer of Fantastic Four TV series, Spider-Man TV series, Generation X. He was getting a lot of critical acclaim around about 1996 for a TV movie, Generation X. He was, he these made are a, cartoons. These are cartoons. Con- but that's uh, after. Yeah, What's cartoons. he doing in two, 1992? Um, I think the same. I think he was a comic book guy. That was 1994 when he bought the film. That's yeah. how long post-production took a long time. That's right. Yes. So it was I, and so it was it was Eichinger's, um, uh, He had this thing in the can, and the threat was, well, I'll release it, right? And yeah. then they—that's why he didn't stop these guys from going out and pro- and promoting it, because the more he promoted it, the more it made Marvel in bed with Ari. To make they want to make the big hundred mm-hmm. million dollar X Men mm-hmm. movie, and so um, Eichinger just kept doing it. And they they were probably offering him more money and more money. I don't think we ever get let in on how much two million he, was it two million? Yeah, because he that and he and he would never have made that two million from Ari um, or from Marvel if the film didn't exist. Right. And he had to buy out um, Roger Corman because Roger that's Corman right. put right. invested yeah. money in. He right. was doing the post process and the editing and everything, and it was yeah. in, in Corman's hand. He had the film. Mm. I believe. And so uh, when when Eichinger called Corman says, "Hey, we're not going to release that thing," Corman says, "Well, I want my money back. I'm yeah, going to release right. this thing." That's right. Yeah. And Eichinger says, "I'll buy it off you. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll buy. You, I'll give you a million dollars, and you give me the film." And then it was all Eichinger's property, and then he sold it on to Marvel. Yeah. Who I hope didn't destroy it. <laughs> well, the, the the official story is they did. Yes. That's the officially they have said Ari has said that we burnt it. But it's the belief of the director. I love the director. The, 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 he he gets interviewed in the in a documentary, and I think he says a line that, "Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I wanted to smack someone in the face. Right? I wanted to punch someone <laughs> yeah. in the face." Uh, when he found out that the whole thing was never going to, there was no plan to ever release it from Eich, from Eichinger. I don't think that is true. I think that's what Stanley has been saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember seeing in that doco Stanley standing there with a microphone. Yeah, and he's trying. Yeah. He's spruiking to. What uh, does he know? He's a comic. He's a. Uh, yeah, it seemed to me like. He thought it was going to get released. Yes, he was whinging. Right. He's saying, "Well, this is this will be the last film that we won't do. That that yeah. that, that someone other than us will do." Mm. He wouldn't be saying that. He would have just shut up. He has no power. Yeah, he the film is they have the rights. They can <coughs> release it. Of course, he expects who makes a movie and doesn't yeah. release it. Of course, he expects it being to be released. And as they say, like he was on the film set on you know multiple mm. occasions. He turned up with the donuts and mm. stuff. He was yeah. rubbing shoulders with the people in the film. Mm. It was only after the fact that he realized, "Oh, it's a million dollar." It's only yeah. million dollar film and I don't think it's and I fully believe that Corman was going to release it yes, yes. right Corman 
Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like the poster says, he got the poster printed. He got, how many? Um, it says on the on the poster for the for the documentary. How many how many films did Roger Corman make and never release? Yeah, yeah one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, just at the bottom of the there. Yeah, yeah, it does too. Um, so. So who are the who are the key players here? Let's break it down. We've got Corman, who was approached. Um, he was the second person approached because who knows how many he approached, but yeah, Trauma, well, Trauma turned it down because they, Toxic Avenger is actually in, um, in Marvel Comics as well. Oh, just so they are there. They have publishing rights with yeah. with another and. Uh, and Troma didn't think that the movie was gonna, you know, for that kind of money, he wouldn't get any money back, and he's just gonna alienate his buddy Stan Lee. So right. he said, he I don't want to, I don't want to get in, involved in this this film. I don't so think I Stan, wonder, I don't think Stan is gonna like it. Yeah, I think that was the idea. Yeah, I wonder what Corman thought because he. He knows what he does. Yeah. He makes the quickest, fastest, yeah. cheapest movies, and when Marvel comes to him and says, "Hey, you want to make a really quick, fast, cheap movie for us?" Mm. You know, did he say? Eichinger came and said, look, I, the option is going to expire. I need to move, make a movie fast. You can do that for You're me, can't you? You're the guy to do it. And he sent a bunch so, of people out to make to work out if we could do and, it. And, and Eichinger says, I have to produce it. The, the option is going to run out by the 31st of December. And if I don't start filming by then, I have to start. But I don't want to start on the 31st because that's going to be so obvious. Right. So let's start on the 26th of December. <laughs> that's right. And Colby goes, dude, it's going to be obvious either way. <laughs> So uh, what I suppose I'm getting at is that Roger Corman must have had a bit of a thought that something pretty yeah, fishy's going on. Yeah, but well. he gets paid. He makes a cheap movie. He makes a bit of money. That's how he works. Yeah, and yeah, he, he probably had five other films going at the same time. Yeah. Those guys, they're like Canon movies. You know, they were pumping out twenty films a, a year, and only a couple had his name on it. But he was affiliated with this one. He was, you know, had money in that one. Points in this it was one. Twenty-two days shooting, I think. Was it? Yeah, yeah something yeah, like that. Something like that. Which is not three weeks. Is not un. un, un, un it's your principal photography is not that. No. Um, you know, does it, you can you can shoot a film in in a month for sure. Yeah, because there's not a lot going on in location wise or anything. <laughs> the condemned it's bloody Lord of the Rings, <laughs> which takes months to shoot. Yeah, yeah. All those shots of um, the thing running around the street, they shot. They just grabbed there were some pickups. That was later. There on was there. some guy yeah. over here. I think it was a writer or something. That just you're big enough. Get in that suit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Down. Make sure you run under that light over there. Yeah, grab a camera. We'll go out and film it. There Fifteen couple, minutes. A couple of chicks under the light. They weren't even actresses. Yeah, like, just act scared. <laughs> in the film. Um, so uh, the let's talk about the actresses. Uh, uh, the actors. Uh, an actress's uh, perspective, they all believe that this was going to be a leg up movie for them. Certainly at the beginning when, when is it, again, Batman was around at the time, these yeah. big superhero movies were making big money yeah. and they were being offered a role in a, in the bloody Fantastic Four. It's it was brilliant. all pre-Spider-Man though, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, Spider-Man because was Ari Arvid, I think, is affiliated with Spider-Man, the Spider-Man movies. There was Sony Pictures at then they had the rights at the time. I think he did um, Amazing Spider-Man. He was the producer of the Amazing Spider-Man two in two thousand fourteen. So he's the Amazing Spider-Man two thousand and twelve. He did Spider-Man three two thousand and seven. He did Ghost Rider. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> film. Um, Fantastic Four, World's Greatest Heroes. So, so yeah, I think there's a. It's hard to know what was a um, an animated feature. 
because mm. he was doing a lot of these animated features. Um, but he was the producer of X-Men Last Stand, mm. which is the third X-Men movie. Possibly. I think so. Yeah. So he's done a lot of Marvel films. Um, but yes, all this happened pre-Spider-Man. So really, apart from Batman, there was no big superhero films going on. Um, there were a few other things, like the mask was coming out at that point of time where we could really... What was the mask? That was You mean Jim Carrey mask? Yeah. I'm going to say... 93. 94. Same year. No, yeah, yeah. And that had great special effects. Mm. It had CG stuff. Yeah. Very good special effects. Yeah, so, so had they had the... Had they had the budget, and they could have made a good film, mm-hmm. and so that's what the actors, of course, the actors just hear that there's uh, this movie being made, Fantastic Four, yep. and they're going to be, you know, well-known actors after yeah. that. They, 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 lots of people applied for the roles. Uh, Gruffalo, who plays the Hulk in yeah, the Avengers, a, applied for. I don't know what thing, role for. Was it Thing? You I reckon? think so. It's in the. Would have been interesting. It looks to me like this Ari. Um, he's prolific with with Marvel. He did Blade. He was executive producer on Blade. He was uh, executive producer on the first X-Men movie. Blade 2, executive producer. Daredevil. Hulk. So that would have been the uh, Eric Banner Hulk. Mm-hmm. He's got his hands all over Marvel films. It's Doctor Doom. Mark Ruffalo applied for Doctor Doom with the Doctor role of Doctor uh, Doom. That would have been awesome. uh, he couldn't have done it as good as, as this guy no, did. No. This guy was fantastic. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so he set himself up good. All right, yep. so um, yeah, the poor old actors thought they were, um, yeah, in a They're, movie that had that yeah. was going places, and, and yeah, the whole crew thought it was a leg up film, and they noticed that it wasn't kind of going places, yeah. so they started to push it themselves, yeah, yeah started to go around and do pr- promos for it at Everywhere. comic cons, and yeah, and nobody stopped year. them, which means they, you know, they, yeah, yeah, they promoted that. Uh, Roger Corman didn't get them much money, but they gave him some promo material, and they they shipped the thing costume around. <laughs> yeah, the guy that played Ben uh, paid for a lot of their accommodation and flights and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think he said six. 16,000 it ended up costing him to yeah. over the period. and then But you would do the same. Like I've worked on film productions and I've worked on low budget film productions yeah, especially yeah. in Canberra. No, that's and right. you, you have done that film and you want that film. Yep. There's a film that I worked on which I have not seen yet which I have not, I cannot find on IMDb. <laughs> I cannot find any 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 proof of its existence yeah. and I want to see what, what became of that film mm. that I worked, worked on. So if I had any thing to do with it, if I had any, any like I could call the producer but I'm not yeah, yeah. that desperate as they are but if I was a, a main actor in a film my face is there that's what gets me promoted to the next big role absolutely I would I would be very very personally invested in going to shows and, and spruiking the film absolutely yeah. and they were getting treated like rock stars at these uh, comic conventions because mm. it's it's the Fantastic Four mm. and there's a very big following for the Fantastic Four mm. um, and they had a trailer like they had a full-blown trailer, they had a poster that it looked like a film. It absolutely looked like a film that was about to get released. Yep. And then they booked uh, an opening night. They booked a grand opening red carpet. They were going to show event. it at a, at a theatre and then a some theater, yeah. blabbermouth talked to Avi Arad about yeah. it. Yeah. If, if in, in another continent. He was, yeah. he was in Tokyo or somewhat, something like that. And, um, and some fans said, um, so what do you think of yep. the... So some rich Marvel executive got yeah. wind from it and said, "I'm going to put the foot. To, I'm yep. going to put a stop to that. I'm going to just buy the thing and prevent its yep. release." They just shut it down. They, just, yeah. they said, "You." It was. It was quite literally a cease and desist. 
They, they weren't allowed to do any promotion. They weren't allowed to um, talk about it and the whole thing. Well, they, Marvel had to buy it first. That's right. They had to buy it in order to stop it. Yeah. yeah. As some of the actors said, you know, their promotion of it was probably what kicked its demise. They t- yes. Kicked the price up. Yeah. They. Yeah. Well. Well, I should. I should. If they not didn't have promote it. it, they would have shown it. They would have released it. Yeah. Probably. Well, or it might have just disappeared into a back closet somewhere and not got released. Yeah. It would have probably shown at yeah. like you yeah. know sooner or later they would have want the investors would have wanted some filmmakers that don't have you have to have a um, a producer you have to have a. Uh, somebody who wants to actually sell it to the cinemas. Yeah. They want to sell chairs. Yeah. So if you make a, f- everybody can make a film. You can go out and make a film, but if you don't have a distributor, that's right. You got to shop your film around yourself. Absolutely. And that's what would have happened here. They would and have shopped the it. They would have real business. That's made, the real movie business. It's the distribution. Yeah, they would have made a, a screening in New York. And they would have had a screening in Dallas, Texas, or something. They would have yeah. had a few, and then the film would have fizzled out, and nobody would ever seen it. Yeah. <clears throat> that was what would have happened if they had released it. Yeah. it. Would not have been as big as it now. Yeah. Absolutely. And it wouldn't have gotten Aishinga at $2 million. Yeah. So he's smiling. <laughs> and in, in, this, in the documentary... Or was smiling, he's dead now. Yeah, yeah. He tried to he tried to make right. Um, he gave the director uh, a film a in film, Europe and, yeah. and he said it was one he of the greatest the, Some experience. of the actors did some other jobs after he it. got some of the actors some jobs. Um, so I think he had a conscience about it. Um, Corman always struck me as... A bit mercenary. And just a bit of a bubblehead. He always just struck me as a little bit of a bimbo. Always chirpy and laughing. <laughs> like he must have known that they're doing a documentary when they're asking him those questions that like you're you're sort of at the top of that pyramid and all these people under here got fucked over and you you were the only one that walked away <laughs> with the money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, the actors you can tell in this documentary, they're a little bitter. Did you get that? Rightfully sense? so. Yeah. The Dr. Reed, especially. Well, they kept saying that they're, you know, they're all cool with it and I'm okay with it and I've come to terms with it. And, uh, you <laughs> and know, you did therapy. Yeah, yes, yes. After 16 years of therapy, I'm okay with it. But, and also some of them said, you know, that um, the way that it did get out and it's now on YouTube and stuff, yeah. they were kind of happy that, and there's like, 60,000 people watching it. Well, eBay. It was all eBay. When they were doing the doco, they they were saying that they found it on eBay and it was people, it was the bootlegs on eBay before YouTube. Well, the story of how it got got released is interesting. (laughs) I thought it was suspect when he was telling that story. You're talking about the the director says, because he said, (laughs) I had a copy. Well, for starters, where did you get a copy from? But he was, didn't he say he was fossicking around in Corman's garage? He was trying. He He said they went in and looked, but they couldn't find anything. Yeah, that's the story. (laughs) (laughs) And then somebody else. And then later in the doco, he says, so I had this copy and I wanted to get a print of it. So I, I believe that the reason why the world is littered with these things is the guy at the at the shop where I took it to get it printed. Um, so put it all on this poor bastard. They probably could have tracked it to whoever that, that poor guy Better was. not. Better not look. <laughs> so, yeah, I got a feeling the director had the last laugh there. Mm. He seemed pretty chirpy about it all. Mm, mm. <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully so. This film should be should have been released. Yeah. Uh, although, with this documentary, as you yourself experienced, had it just been released as a film, you would think it's a big piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. With this documentary, it's got more going for it. Yeah. Mm. People watch it out of out of, you know, out of the story that comes with it. Yeah. So it should it's, be released it's better together. this way. Like yeah. you should 
really release it together. Yeah, as a pair, yeah. as a DVD pair. Yeah, yeah. But what do you got to lose? You you f- you fucked up the the franchise anyway, mm. right? You've you've had three cracks at it, and and did not succeed with all three of those. At least you know the people have gravitated to this thing. At least let let it go. And it's not in the spirit of film. I think the director says that that mm. like, um, filmies make film. They don't destroy film. Yeah, and when you make it, you you got to let it go. You got to let it release. You know, and mm. and it was finished. It was they had the music, they had everything about it. Let's let's have a quick talk about the um, the visual effects. Well, Tom, what was the story? <laughs> what was the story about the visual effects? I saw the, the film, film and I opened the opening credits. It says visual effects by Mr. Film. <laughs> okay, that's odd. <laughs> Mr. Film, some guy in his little garage doing special effects, and, you, and that's you think exactly what they look like. His real name was he born with that? It was probably Dave Film. <laughs> yeah, they had a different special effects guy at the start. Somebody who. Was less capable than Mr. Was, Film. Yes, yes. Who <laughs> talked a lot and then was totally over, well over his head with mm. the special effects mm. and didn't deliver anything. Or when he delivered something that was unacceptable, That's and right. then he just sort of quietly disappeared. Yeah. Oh, what's over there? Look, a distraction! And then <laughs> ran out the door. He was. They were delivering shots to him, and, and he didn't. didn't re- yeah, you would. They would. Say, they would say that um, we started to get the feeling that everything he said he could do. He couldn't do, yeah. and and there was there was a certain I mentioned his name earlier. I won't mention it again. But there's a certain human that we've run into a few months ago that reminded me exactly exactly of, of that. He, yes, you can talk your bo- you can talk your way in through the door, you know. Sometimes, but you know when when they start when when film starts turning up, <laughs> <laughs> evidence, yeah, and you've got to you got to do something with it. And there's a film crew over there waiting for you to give back the the fish the finished stuff. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, so what what we saw in the film wasn't his. Handiwork. It was the uh, the last minute guy that they got. The, the, it was Mr. Film who did the thing. The yeah. la- he's the last minute guy, and yeah. I guess he had to. He didn't get. Post, we all work in post production. We know that when post production happens, the money has been spent. Yes, the money has been spent on props and actors and costumes and marketing. Is marketing has a bit of share, and post production is the one thing that loses a bit because post production is the point where the directors can say, "Oh, let's tweak that thing yeah. a little bit. Oh, let's do that again. We have no, show me another thing next week." And so you tend to work uh, more hours than you initially budgeted for. Mm. And I think half of the reason the special effects are what they are is mm. because they were just not going to give the guy any more money. And at some point he said, right, well, that's what you're going to get for yeah. what you're going to pay me. They and said that in the doco, changed. They said in the doco, though, that they were really impressed with Mr. Film. Yeah. It sounds like a, just some guy. Well, is, compared to the other guy. Yeah, well, compared to the other guy. But he was like, like all of them. Like the musos doing the sound and all of the actors, yeah. he was like super enthusiastic yeah. and he was doing his best. And it was a leg up film; <clears throat> like they were all treating yeah. it like, especially the musos. It mm-hmm. was it was a leg up film. They were trying to; it was a film. It was going to play in cinemas, mm. right? And and that's a big thing. Mm. Um, and they they were the lead. They were mm. they owned the the composition. They owned the visual effects. And yeah, so imagine, Dave. There is no Fantastic Four movie released yet. Yeah, in this world. Yeah. And somebody comes to you and says, I've got the bloody film. I made the film. Yeah. Dave, can you do the special effects yeah, for me? I'll do it for free. Oh, wouldn't you be stoked? <laughs> you could. And I'd get 20 other people. I'd be no. horrified, to be honest with you, if it's just you in your bedroom. <laughs> but do you think this is going to be worldwide? This yeah. is going to be... That's I'm right. going to be on the cover of Esquire magazine. That's right. It's got the guy from Police Academy in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and I wouldn't have trouble getting twenty other people on board as well to, to help me help me do it. You, you're right, and and it's like at the start of a movie. They sit it around at a table, and there's hair, makeup, there's there's camera, there's lighting, there's everyone has a lead at the, at the table, and in the middle is is the money. And what they do is they go ten for you, 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 like that. And then they start making the film. And what happens when this when when makeup runs out of money? They go over to post and they take a bit out of post and they give it to makeup. And then when you run out of money, they take a bit out there and they give it to you because this person doesn't need it yet. And they always think, oh, we can get that money later. And they do the same with time. Like if you run long or if you run long or if, you know, the stunt guys need an extra three days or whatever, everybody borrows time and that's where they borrow it from Mm -hmm. is post-production and it just gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And that's why you have so many names appear in the end credits um, in films often. It's it's not because they needed that many people. It's because they needed that many people to get it done by that date. Mm -hmm. All the other wheels are in motion. A good producer's onto that. A good producer has the overview and says, well, this is how much needed here. And they put an end to that. But you're right. Yeah, Some movies... uh it makes the job really the difficult. Around. Yeah, it's sort of now we want you to do it blindfolded, and now on one leg, and now in the dark. <coughs> so, I still say that the I think the doco is one of my all time favorite docos. It's got heart, it's got soul. I really felt for their their story. Um, I know how it must have felt for them. Right to put so much effort and time and 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 passion into it, and to also consider it as so important to your career, mm. only for it to go nowhere and fall in a heap. And it, it took thirty years, didn't it? Take you know twenty years. The docker was released twenty sixteen. This film was yeah. So it took thirty thirty years, twenty years, thirty years, twenty, uh, years, 20, 20 and years. two. Took that long to get any recognition for their work in that film, mm-hmm. you know, and it was only because of. You know, mm. um, black market, <laughs> eBay, you know, groundswell of interest. Um, so I'm glad that they got that. And so I would not burn, uh, I would um, potentially buy the doco, right? Belongs in, in some collection, but I still would burn the film. I think it adds heart to the film. And um, just sort of maybe clarifying my final thoughts on the, the film is that I think it's the film is a patchwork with holes in it. Yeah. That's how I see the film. Yeah. The patchwork is is pretty good. You know, the music and a bit of... But there's there's clearly holes in it. Yeah, 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 there is. Um, And I suppose the last thing is you want, in a good-natured way, you want it to be better and you want it to be, you know, you want to give... Here comes the great acting of the hands. Oh, that's just got the 12, I think. Um, you want to give the um, you want to give the film a shot, right? Yeah. You want to... We're, wa- <laughs> we're watching Doctor Doom at the moment. That's right. And his fantastic handwork. He's, he's delivering the ultimatum to the crew um, via yeah. a very small screen, or very large screen, but With very just small, his face small camera shot. And both hands. <laughs> <laughs> He needs to get his hands into the shots. <laughs> yeah, both hands. <laughs> and it makes you wonder why. That's why they put the hand moving on the on the shelf right on the balcony right yeah, at the very yeah, end. Yeah. It was his last was just, movement. Yeah, yeah. There was just some leftover movement, <laughs> leftover acting left in the glove. Um, all right. So yeah, there's the twelve. <laughs> the twelve. Right. All right. Now we're done. <laughs> 
So yeah, this is the this is the good thing about yeah. the movie, right? This is the heart of the movie that you want the be- very best for the movie. It leaves yeah. you with that sort of positive feeling. So anyway, yeah, um, I'm definitely yeah not in the burn. I'm in the the kind of bludge zone. Um, no, no, no. Actually, I was thinking about on the way home uh, from work. I'm in the steel zone. <laughs> Because that's the only way well, you can right. get, the, get right. the movie. You if I had, there's four Fantastic Four movies with real actors, not not counting any cartoons. Yep. If I had to choose one of them to watch a second time, it would be this one. Mm, okay. I agree with that, yeah. and I'd still burn it. <laughs> 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 and I mean that. <laughs> Um, In fact, I have watched this one twice, which make which is yeah. much more than I watch any of the others. It's it's unfortunately from a really bad era in cinema as well. You know, like the eighties. The eighties was there's some really good stuff going on in the seventies. There's some really good stuff in the eighties. The nineties was just so much of it was shit. Mm. Right? It was it was it was just trying to buff the turd out of coming out of the 80s and then but when we got to the tail end of the 90s we were starting to see some really classy stuff we saw the matrix and and you know toy story and you know things like that but no um i can't i can't see it any other way Fair enough. So that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting and different way to look at film to what we normally do but um, i thoroughly even though i'd burn it I still say people should just go and check it out. I mean, check yes. that out and the and the documentary as well. Yeah. Yes, and I say to people probably watch the documentary first and then you. You, you say first. Yeah, you say watch the doco first, then watch the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, and I wish I had have probably done that. I might have watched the film a little differently. Mm. But then again, knowing that I'd seen the film when I was watching the documentary, it, it was in context of what I'd seen in the film, mm. and so all of those things made a little bit more sense to me when they were talking about them in the film. All right. Very good. So uh, that's it for another week. Until next time, it's bye from me. Oh. Your, oh, Peter Zing. Sorry, did I interrupt you? No, no.